www.ChuckDeverettMedica.com. Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. Welcome to Go Green Radio. Glad to have you with us today, folks. And I want to thank so many of you who are my Twitter friends out there who are listening. Um, We're all very concerned about what we were talking about on Go Green Radio last week, about what's going on with the recycling market, something that we've taken for granted for so many years. We've been able to recycle our cans and bottles and trust that it was going to end up in the hands of somebody who would make it into something new. But as we learned last week from some of the experts that we talked to, the recycling industry is suffering from the same economic woes that so many other industries are suffering from. And today we're going to learn more about that. This is part two of our series in Will Recycling in the U.S. Become Another Casualty of the, of the Economy? And we're glad to be joined by a true expert in the field, somebody right at the vortex of solving these problems. Uh, she's the chairman of the California Integrated Waste Management Board. Um, I'd like to welcome Margot Reed-Brown. Thank you so much for joining us, Margot. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, last week we spoke briefly to Mark Leary, who is your executive director for the California Integrated Waste Management Board. And just for our listeners who are out there who might not be familiar with the structure of your organization, help us understand your role as the chairman of the board and how you and Mark interface. Well, the board uh, was created by the legislature back in 1989 when the Integrated Waste Management Act was passed and signed into law, which set out the programs and priorities for waste diversion and the goal that we are all familiar with, which is 50% waste diversion. Um, I am an appointee of Governor Schwarzenegger, Mm -hmm. and there are six members of the board, which includes me, and we are a policy-making board that sets out policies and priorities. And Mark is the executive director who interfaces with the board and helps uh, implement programs with the staff. So um, he works at the direction of the board, and the board sets policy. Uh, We have three committees that meet monthly. Uh, We visit, um, you know, facilities throughout the state. We really try and keep a pulse and a finger on what's going on out there. We work with local governments quite a bit. Um, in helping implement their programs and help move them towards waste diversion in a collaborative manner with the staff and and ensure that the programs and the priorities are being um, effectively um, implemented throughout the state. We are a regulatory and a market-based organization. Right. And, you know, some folks out there, we have a lot of listeners who aren't from California, so they may not be as familiar as Californians are with AB 939, which is the piece of legislation that you mentioned mm-hmm. that actually uh, served as the, the, the jumping-off point for the California Integrated Waste Management Board. Speak briefly to, to that piece of legislation. We talked a little bit about it last week, but um, help us understand for our listeners out there uh, what, what that legislation basically empowered you all to, to do and what the goals are of that legislation. Sure, Jill. Um, AB 939 was passed in 1989, as I mentioned, and signed into law by Governor Dick Machen, and it really has set California on a course for being the nation's recycling leader. What actually it did is it held cities and counties accountable for reaching a recycling or waste diversion goal, and each county was required to reach a 50% goal by the year 2000. 
um, and that was working in curbside recycling programs, um, collection of different materials, household hazardous waste, um, and our organization works with cities and counties to help implement innovative programs to move their materials out of the landfill and to higher, better uses. I see. All right. And so for all of you out there who are listening to Go Green Radio, um, you know, if you, if you live in another state and you're not sure if there's similar uh, policy-making, public policy on the books for your state, um, get in touch with your regional EPA or your uh, government agency that's something like either the Natural Resources Council, the Department of Natural Resources. It's called something different in every state. But you can find out if you have similar legislation on the books if you're not sure. Now, Chairman Brown, just this week, the California Integrated Waste Management Board held an emergency workshop in Sacramento, and it was to address this struggle that the recycling industry is is facing right now. Before we talk about the particulars of the workshop, can you tell our listeners what kind of tipped the scale and at what moment you decided to actually schedule this workshop? Well, the market downturn in the recycling industry happened much more quickly than we ever have seen before or could ever have anticipated. Um, And the impact on California and actually recyclers throughout the country um, was sudden and significant. So we realized the depth of the problem and about three weeks ago decided to start working with industry leaders, haulers, and a variety of people to bring together interested parties to talk about what's going on in the markets, really get firsthand knowledge and information about what's out there, what the concerns are, um, how we as an organization of regulators and market-oriented solutions could get out there and help solve the problem. So, uh, you know, we've seen uh, throughout the history, at least in California and especially since 939, we've seen uh, swings and fluctuations Mm -hmm. in the market, but we've never seen this quick and this significant a downturn Mm -hmm. in the commodities worldwide and the ability to move recycled materials. It is surprising, and I mean, for those of us who've been in the environmental world and and been recycling advocates, this was just a part of the equation that we really didn't realize how fragile uh, this market could be. It's been strong for so long. Right. Well, Well, and it, you know, it, not dissimilar from every other industry, mm -hmm. really operates on a credit basis. Yeah. Um, You know, the people that are buying the commodities in other countries are relying on the same credit markets to purchase these materials as any other commodity Mm -hmm. because we look at them as resources and, you know, it's no different than virgin extraction of materials. It's just a higher, better use because we're reusing materials rather than extracting virgin materials. So they're really relying on the same credit markets as the rest of us and as those have dried up you know, the ability for those people that are purchasing recycled materials, it's dried up as well. Well, and I think it's, it's so interesting because when, when this ball started to roll, when mid-September came around and we started to see, you know, Lehman Brothers go under, and, and I think some people were trying to predict the ripple effect uh, that this credit crisis would have, um, the last thing anybody was talking about was the recycling market. And maybe for those, you know, in your job and in your situation, maybe that was predictable. But I can tell you honestly, I did not see this one coming. Um, well, I think you're right. We didn't see it coming this severe and this quick either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It it did catch us all off guard. Right. It was a very quick domino effect. Well, Margot, take our listeners inside the room of this workshop that you had um, and and tell us about, you know, did a lot of people attend? What was the attitude in the room? Give us a feel for the atmosphere of the workshop. Well, it was, you know, we were very, very pleased um, with the outcome. It was very, very well attended. We had an auditorium that was standing room only, Um, of people that are interested in the viability of this industry and continuing recycling markets. Um, It was very collegial, very Mm -hmm. collaborative. Um, You know, there were some excellent points raised. Uh, We had a panel of experts across um, industry sectors, and um, they shared with us what's going on in their market sector, um, the concerns they have, And they put some really thoughtful recommendations on the table for us to consider, things that we could do Mm short-term and things that we really need to start planning for long-term. And so Mm -hmm. that was, from that standpoint, it was encouraging because I know that um, we want to make sure that this is a viable uh, industry and market um, going into the future. And we heard we were much, probably much more reliant on a single market for mm-hmm. recycled materials. We need to vastly diversify the markets. We need to look at more production um, regionally mm-hmm. and in the United States. Um, you know, there's some things we can do uh, short-term and there's some things we can do long-term. Well, and I'm anxious to talk about, you know, some of the things, the actual comments that, that came out of the workshop, and we'll be doing that throughout the show, but can you name names? Who was in the room in terms of companies represented, industries represented? Who, who showed up for this? Well, we had industry haulers. Um, we had uh, marketers. We had representatives from League of California Cities, um, community recyclers, bioenergy people. We had um, consultants, um, we had waste haulers. We had um, market people, people that actually um, were commodities brokers and marketers served on the panels. So we really had a, a group that was across the spectrum. That's great because, you know, the last thing you'd want in a meeting like this is to get sort of a myopic view. And it sounds like you really got excellent participation from kind of a 360-degree perspective of the situation. So that's, that in and of itself sets up, you know, the, the potential for good feedback and, and a good work product when you've got a good process that involves everybody. Now, what was the format and the agenda? How did, how did the actual meeting go? Before we talk about what was actually said, um, how did the meeting run? Did, did everybody get a chance to talk? Was it, you know, public comment? What kinds of format, uh, you know, what kind of a template did you use? Well, we had a um, group of speakers um, that uh, participated. First, the staff set the stage. We mm-hmm. had our, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we had our staff people set the stage for the panel discussion, and then we invited in, and let me uh, first say this is the first of probably a series of three panels where they will focus on different parts of the industry and different things we can do. But this first panel discussion, um, we brought in and provided testimony on developments focused on the global recycling markets. And so we had... um, 
six speakers. Um, one represented a group of independent local haulers throughout the state. Mm -hmm. um, from the California Refuse and Recycling Council, mm -hmm. we had a representative from the commodities market. As I mentioned earlier, he does global commodity movements. We had a representative um, from E-Recycle California, and E-Recycle California is a, an electronic waste hauler mm -hmm. um, that does the disassembling of electronic waste in California, and they market those materials worldwide. In mm -hmm. California, we have a law that requires recyclers to completely disassemble CRTs, and they're taking right. all of those materials and marketing them worldwide, you know, the glass, metals, and mm -hmm. plastics. And, Margo, we're going to talk more about this. I'm on a hard stop. We've got to take a quick break. But when we return, more with Chairman Brown of the California Integrated Waste Management Board. Please don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with more Go Green Radio. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Now, Mrs. Johnson, before we close on your mortgage loan, I want to make sure you remember Mike. Hi. You can trust me. I'm African-American, just like you. So here's the low monthly payments and interest rates we promised, and here's where they triple. The rest of this stuff is just here to make sure that we get your house when you can't pay us back. What a lovely house. Predatory lenders are never this easy to spot. Call us at 866-222-FAIR and protect yourself with the facts. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance and the Ad Council. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST for p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show Radio by George. That's every Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Glad to have you on. Uh, today we're really talking about something very important. Uh, not a lot of people are talking about it, and Go Green Radio is, is very happy to have one of the industry's leading experts to talk to us about what's going on in the recycling market. Uh, California tends to be sort of the, uh, the uh, temperature of the rest of the nation when it comes to recycling. We're so close to the, to the West Coast, of course, and that's where a lot of recyclables uh, end up in ships going over to China, which is pretty much our primary market for recyclables in the U.S. And a lot of folks don't realize when you put your can or your bottle in your recycling bin, uh, in order for recycling to work, somebody's got to buy that material. And right now, we're in a pinch. We're having a hard time finding buyers, and, and there's a real uh, difficult time for our recycling industry. And we are joined today by the chairman of the California Integrated Waste Management Board, Margot Reed-Brown. We're very glad to have her on. She's going to be talking to us in this next segment about what happened this week, this past Wednesday, when the California Integrated Waste Management Board held an emergency workshop in Sacramento to address this very situation. Margo, thank you again for joining us on Go Green Radio. Thank you, Jill. It's a pleasure to be with you and your listeners. Well, thank you, and we're glad to, to have you, and we're really interested in finding out what was said. What were the concerns of the folks who attended this workshop? What were the maybe the common themes, or were there you know, just kind of an all-over-the-board, sort of scattered set of comments? Tell us what what the concerns were that were brought up at the the workshop. Well, there were a lot of concerns at the meeting, but in looking at them, there were a few that really stood out. The need to build more sustainable markets so that, you know, these economic disruptions are a little bit easier to withstand. Um, GHG emissions are reduced and our resources are used more wisely when we recycle, so it's important to maintain that recycling market. Mm-hmm. We need to build sustainable markets that require increasing local markets here. We're looking at regional markets in the United States. Um, we need to look at policies um, that came up that will help encourage using recycled material in new products. Um, they're called minimum content requirements. Um, a couple of things we heard was about streamlining to help these industries really get on their feet, you know. As we all know, recyclers are really the scrap guys and, you know, they're not always the sophisticated businesses. So they need some help in permitting new businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, grants and loans that can help. Um, another consistent theme is something that you brought up, Jill, and that is looking at more uh, markets not dependent on one single market, um, but looking at the opportunity to develop more markets here in the United States. Well, and it's kind of the same principle as folks who are talking about things like purchasing your groceries from local farmers markets versus, mm-hmm. you know, the, we've all heard of the 1,500-mile salad, <laughs> you <Exactly>. know, <laughs> where, where, you know, all your, your fruits and vegetables get trucked from far away. If you're buying local, not only are you supporting local businesses, but you're also 
um, reducing, like you said, the greenhouse gas emissions involved with transportation of these mm-hmm. goods to market. So it's kind of it's the same principle, just different materials. There's lettuce, and then there's plastic bottles. You know, it's, <laughs> so, it's the well, same exactly. Idea. And if you look for um, paper, for instance, when you go to buy school supplies or office products, buy content included paper. If you're mm-hmm. looking for um, that closed loop system. You know, the, the power of purchasing drives the market. And if your listeners really want to make an impact, when you put that paper in your recycling bin and you go buy new binder paper for school for your kids or you go buy more office paper, make sure to buy paper that includes recycled material. Either 30, 50, or 100% recycled content will help pull that material and find markets for what you put in your recycling bin. Well, that is so true, and, you know, this is something that that we've been talking about both on Go Green Radio, but also uh, since the inception of the Go Green Initiative, which is the nonprofit organization I run, and that is exactly what you said, closing that loop. It's not enough. Recycling isn't just putting your recyclables in the recycling bin. Closing the loop actually means buying something that's made of recycled content material. If there's nothing, you know, if there's no demand for materials that are made from recycled content material, then, you know, the the loop is broken. Exactly. So tell us what kinds of solutions. So we were talking about, you know, suggestions for long-term and short-term solutions. Um, Let's talk a little bit more in detail about that. When people were talking about creating more sustainable and maybe diverse markets, what were some of the specifics that they were talking about in terms of those kinds of solutions? Well, some of the solutions are, some of them were things that we can do here in the United States and in policies in California. One we just talked uh, briefly about, which was increasing minimum content requirements for Talk about that a little bit more, because I'm not clear on what exactly that means, and I'm sure some of our listeners feel the same. Tell us more about that. Well, we do have a law in California that requires newsprint to be produced from recycled paper. Um, The same requirement doesn't count for a lot of other materials. Um, We do have minimum content standards um, on the books for newsprint, for rigid plastic containers, and then also one for um, trash bags. Um, but other than that, there really aren't minimum content standards that, that um, tell producers of products that they need to use a certain amount of post-consumer material. The post-consumer material, Jill, is the things that you put in your, re- in your recycling bin. So those are processed, and um, rather than buying petroleum to uh-huh. produce products like plastics, you can actually purchase recycled and flaked plastic bottles and use that material to produce another bottle or to produce your spinach container or something like that. And and policies that are put in place to require manufacturers to use recycled material before they go out and use virgin material. I see. I see. Well, that makes a lot of sense. As long as, and of course, you know, we're going to get into issues like, you know, if it's something for food or beverage, whole set of circumstances, very different than minimum content requirements for a piece of paper, you know, when we're talking about something we might ingest. So, well, that's, that's a, true, but there, there are safeguards in place, and there's federal standards and requirements that mm-hmm. um, the technology does exist. Mm-hmm. for those things to be used for minimum content for packaging for food as long as you follow the federal standards and guidelines. Mm-hmm. And there are, 
producers that can do that. So technology is there, and we continue to make progress in those areas as we continue to have, you know, um, commodities and increasing and recycling. But you're, you're very right. I mean, we do need to make sure that we're following the rules and guidelines for human health and safety. Right. And, and you know, and it's a, it's a very complex system. I mean, when we talk about the interface between public health and environmental protection, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a complicated web, but yeah. um, definitely one that we can, we can tackle. We're smart. <laughs> We've done it for, for all of our history. Now, in terms of some of the more short-term solutions, I mean, we're not going to be able to develop you know, domestic markets that for recyclables that don't currently exist within the next two weeks. To, no. You know, so what were some of the short-term solutions that were being discussed? Well, one of the short-term uh, crises that we're facing is storage for these materials, mm-hmm. um, and we're working with waste haulers, and we're looking, working with our local enforcement agents, which are our partners in the cities and counties, to allow for storage of some of these materials until they can be marketed or used as opposed to landfilled. We don't want to go backwards. We want to maintain the recycling infrastructure and, and you know, make sure that we have that public confidence that when you do put things in your recycling bin that they are going to be recycled. They're not going to be landfilled because of this crisis. So we're working with our local enforcement agents on short-term solutions to storage situations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about assisting with permit streamlining. That's something that we can assist in uh, without compromising human health and safety. Um, look at the possibility of loosening some of our requirements to allow for businesses, um, you know, both in storage and, and new technology to come online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're hoping to move California to look at waste as a resource. Um, right. develop, you know, anaerobic digestion to take green waste, food waste, and other materials um, for energy production. Right. Um, well, and actually, Margot, I mean, the, the sponsor of Go Green Radio is Covanta Energy, and they have facilities, energy from waste facilities all over California. They're doing exactly what you're talking about. They so, do, and they're, they're one of, they are the industry leader, and... You know, there's no point in bearing waste if we don't have to, which produces methane gas, right? Um, which is 23 times more top potent than CO2. So right. if we start looking at global warming and the opportunities for recycling and looking at waste as a commodity, there's so many possibilities out there. Absolutely. And it's such a smart thing. I mean, if we don't have to landfill, I mean, that's land that can be used for so many other better purposes than burying our trash. And if trash actually becomes an energy source or, like you said, a resource, how smart is that? I mean, that's thorough thinking, and that's what we need in California. We need 21st century solutions and 21st century thinking. So that's that's excellent. Now, um, before we go to break, let's talk a little bit about what's happening with establishing you know, the Asia markets, and, and what kind of communication are you having to, to get that, you know, more stable for the short term? Well, one of the suggestions that came up is, is working with um, commodity brokers in China, and, you know, the board certainly can do that. Um, you know, we certainly don't have control over the commodities um, that are traded Worldwide, um, mm-hmm. I think what we need to do is be able to maintain current and updated information for our 
um, industry and stakeholders and be able to provide up-to-date information and, and look at policies that we can put in place that will help minimize the amount of waste generated, mm -hmm. um, look at recyclables um, as a commodity that we can start marketing regionally. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on producer responsibility, which will help um, minimize um, generation of waste, more of cradle-to-cradle, -cradle, which you and I talked about earlier. Right, right. Um, and so, actually, and, and I'd, I'd love to talk about that more as we, you know, come back from this next commercial break because there's still so much that you guys uncovered and discovered at this emergency workshop. Margo, could you stick around with us for another segment of Go Green Radio? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you. All Jill. right. Well, folks, don't go away because we'll have more with Chairman Brown of the California Integrated Waste Management Board right after this commercial break. Don't go away. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. No excuses, no delays. If you have goals you want to achieve or changes you need to make, then it's time to take charge of your life with America's Change Buddy, Nancy Christie. This show will help you lead a more productive and fulfilling life starting now. Take Charge of Your Life challenges you to expand your sense of possibilities. Take Charge of Your Life with Nancy Christie is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Let change be a positive force in your life. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. World. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. Glad you're all with us because we are talking about one of the most important topics going on right now in the green world because it's one of those things that we have all kind of taken for granted that recycling just works. If we put our cans and our bottles and our paper in the right place, then magically they're going to turn into something other than garbage. And so we're talking to the chairman of the board of the California Integrated Waste Management Board today, and we're talking about a very serious issue, and that is the effect that the worldwide economic downturn is having on the recycling industry. And it just so happens that the California Integrated Waste Management Board is uniquely positioned 
to help develop policy and procedures and, and programs that could actually become a real leadership point for others in the U.S., other states. And we're very pleased to have Margot Reed Brown, the chairman of the Integrated Waste Management Board here in California, with us. Welcome back to Go Green Radio, Margot. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Jill. It's a pleasure. You know, I read an article in uh, one of the California newspapers on Thursday, the day after you had the emergency workshop in Sacramento to address this issue. And you were talking about, they, they quoted you about talking about the fragility of the recycling market and how some companies are hurting more than others. Help our Go Green Radio listeners understand how some companies are better able to weather this unstable market. And for those who are in a weaker position, what may happen to them? Well, you know, as, as, as you mentioned, this is a very fragile market, and the commodity markets are very cyclical by nature, and we know that they're going to recover, but the challenge is um, the companies that, that are able to diversify their materials, um, look at different products. We see um, and we've heard that some industries have been, or some commodities have been hit harder than others. Um, you know, I think glass is not as difficult right now as, say, paper or mixed mm-hmm. paper. Um, I think one of the concerns and the difficulty is that the collection and processing of the material, and when you bail it and look for a price, the price um, these days is lower than the cost of collecting it and processing mm-hmm. it. And that's the concern for businesses that are, you know, just operating out there. And a lot of recycling, small recycling businesses are operating on the edge. There's not a large um, margin for error there or for loss. So um, I think the larger companies may be a little bit more able to withstand this Mm -hmm. severe downturn. Um, But we're doing everything we can to help boost these um, uh, markets. We're looking for market-based solutions to get these materials processed as quickly. And what would that amount to? I mean, and, and of course, I mean, I know every taxpayer in California and taxpayers all over the place appreciate market-based solutions because basically what that means is it's not necessarily taxpayer subsidized. What would a market-based solution look like for companies, like you said, that are small operators but very critical to their local recycling markets? But, I mean, they're, you know, they, they cannot continue to operate at a loss for very long, what could be done to, to give them a market-based solution? Well, we have um, a great, a very innovative program here in California that encourages recycled content businesses to start. They're called Recycling Market Development Zone Loans. Uh-huh. And those loans can be made up to $2 million. We have about $12 million available in the fund currently to help start businesses that can show an increase in recycling of material. Um, And as long as they're located in a recycling market development zone in California, they qualify for loans here at the state. And they're low-interest business loans. They're generally much lower than the loans you can get um, on the market or at your local bank. And Mm -hmm. throughout... um, the life of this program, we've loaned about $100 million to businesses in California to start up. So we're anxious to try and get some money out the door to encourage people to start businesses um, taking recycled material and producing something from them. Something Um, valuable. That's that's brilliant. Now, um, 
how can, if, if there's somebody out there listening that says, boy, I want to do that, I want to become a consumer of recyclables so that I can produce another product, where do they find out how to apply for one of these loans? Well, we have experts here at the board that can assist in citing and locating businesses and the whole loan process. And you can just go to the website, which is CIWMB, um, the acronym for California Integrated Waste Management Board, .ca.gov. And, you know, you can find all the information you need. And we've helped businesses take film plastic from the agriculture fields and turn those back into um, tubing for drip lines and ag, um, for processing of carpet, which is a very difficult material. We've taken plastics to wood. Um, for green building products, we've taken glass and produced other things like mm-hmm. insulation. So there's some really innovative people out there and some innovative programs, and we'd like to help fund those programs to get green jobs and market-based solutions to these, um, this crisis. Well, and i got to tell you, this is one of the things that I appreciate about Governor Schwarzenegger and his approach to these kinds of things. It is very business savvy. Like, for instance, his first year in office when when he was first elected, uh, we had several billion dollars in excess revenue that we didn't expect to come in in the budget. Of course, things are different now, but that's not his fault. It's kind of a worldwide situation, but through some smart things that he did to reform workers' compensation and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, we, we realized an actual, you know, influx of money we didn't expect, and he used some of that, like, I think it was something like $2.5 billion uh-huh. to invest in the solar industry and to, right. to create a situation where, you know, nonprofits or schools or, you know, other sorts of entities could, could get loans to get uh, solar panels put on their roof, and that basically infused cash into the solar industry, but in a market-friendly way. And what ended up happening is that businesses were created, jobs were created right here in California. So the state made an investment, but the return on investment was, you know, not a higher tax rate, but but you know, more income tax because more people were working, more businesses were doing business. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good way to use you know, that, that funding. So I love those right. kinds of solutions. It's very smart and sustainable because when you right. start a business and when you talk about entrepreneurship in California, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, businesses continue to go. Now, let's switch gears for just a second because, you know, as we talked about AB 939, which is their legislation that requires cities to reduce their contributions to landfills, uh, you know, this is kind of difficult, I'm sure. And you said you had the League of California Cities in the room at the workshop on Wednesday. Um, local governments really have no control over what's happening to the recycling market, and as a result, they may feel like they've got some difficulty in diverting recyclables from their waste stream in compliance with AB 939. So what are mayors and city councils and the League of California Cities saying about this recycling crisis? Well, we, you know, it, it's, um, it's an interesting time for us because as Californians, um, we actually, and your listeners will probably be the first to hear this, but we are about ready to announce that in 2007, Californians statewide diverted 58% of material from the landfill. Wow. And that's an incredible number considering that in 1989 when this when AB 939 passed, Jill, we were recycling about 10%. That's amazing. Um, we were landfilling 42 million tons of waste. 
fast forward to 2007 and 2008, and we are recycling 43 million tons, but we're still re landfilling 42 million tons. But that's 43 million tons of recycled materials that we're now having to market as a commodity. So it's well, and not only that, Margo, but th th this excites me because during that same time period, our population has increased by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you can hold steady, you know, the amount that, that we're landfilling, though our population in California increases by something like a half a million people a year, right. um, that, that is progress. That's exciting. And you heard it here first on Go Green Radio, folks. So it's, that's Well, amazing. and you're right, Jill. It's, it, we have... Uh, we have recycled our, our growth, which is a huge accomplishment here in California, and it just shows the commitment and the sea change in behavior among Californians to look at these materials differently, and we've come to expect things. And the cities and counties have just gone through their biennial review process, and they are doing awesome when it comes to implementation of programs and complying with AB 939. As we chart this new economic downturn, it will be a challenge for them, but I know that cities and counties throughout California are committed to AB 939. They're committed to program implementation, and we will withstand this crisis. You know, it will take um, an effort that is collaborative, which is what the Waste Board's become known for, is working with our jurisdiction partners um, and our local enforcement agency partners to ensure human health and safety, but make sure that we have a robust um, process and infrastructure here in California. So when the economy turns around, we're still right there. We're still recycling 58, 60. A lot of jurisdictions, especially in the Bay Area, are at you know, upwards of 68 and 70% already with goals of zero waste. So we can see it, and we certainly don't want to slide, so we're doing what we can to maintain that infrastructure in this economic downturn, work with cities and counties to assist them in continuing to get their materials marketed, and be, you know, maintain our position as the nation's recycling leader. Well, and I love that positive attitude because, you know what, that's what we all need to emulate. Um, you know, we are innovators. This is the golden state. We are creative, and we are determined. And I think that, you know, the California Integrated Waste Management Board and local government leaders have the luxury of knowing that the public is behind them, mm -hmm. um, and there's public will to sustain recycling in California. Um, Margo, I'm going to impose on you and see if you could keep with us through one more commercial break. There's okay. some more questions that I'd love to ask you. Can you stick with us through the commercial break? I'd be happy to. Thank you, Margo. Well, don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio when we come back with Chairman of the California Integrated Waste Management Board. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh, yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Hi, my name is Aaron, and I'm a survivor of mannequinism. Mannequinism is basically when you turn into a hard plastic shell. They say it's from not being politically active. For me, it started when I didn't register to vote. And then I stopped volunteering, and before I knew it, I wasn't doing anything. And that's when I found a small patch of plastic on my right shoulder. Protect yourself from mannequinism. Log on to fightmannequinism.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Hey, of Go Green Radio. I want to give a shout-out to all my tweeples, my Twitter folks. Um, love you guys, and thanks for listening. Um, we are talking about something really important today. If you haven't tuned in earlier and you're just tuning in, we are talking about the economic downturn and its effect on the recycling industry. And I have been completely audacious. I did this for you, Go Green Radio listeners. I asked Chairman Margot Reed-Brown of the California Integrated Waste Management Board to come on for 30 minutes and have stretched it out to an hour. So I want to thank her for her patience and for hanging <laughs> with us. Thanks for joining us, Margo. We really appreciate it. Well, it's been a pleasure, Jill, the whole time. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And it's great for us at Go Green Radio to really get the experts. I mean, we get uh, the inside scoop from the best possible source. And, Margo, last week we talked to your executive director, Mark Leary, and we talked about some of the dangers that are actually associated with stockpiling some of the recyclable material, namely paper, uh, because it presents a fire hazard. And I know that's something that as a regulatory agency, you guys are going to be taking a close look at. If, if the recycling markets slow down and recycling brokers or recyclers need to stockpile some of the material, um, what, are, what are the California firefighters saying about what can be done to ensure the safety of this situation? Well, you know, Joe, we, we already have very stringent standards in place to ensure safety um, with recycled materials. So uh, we are working with our local enforcement agencies who work locally with their um, 
safety folks, firefighters, um, and whatnot to ensure that they that these materials are safely stored. And there are currently guidelines in place about you know how close bales can be and how many bales in an organ in an area. So all of that is being you know is ongoing. So mm-hmm. our our most important charge here is ensuring human health and safety. Right. And so that is our ongoing enforcement effort, and that would never be compromised. Um, at the same time, we know we have to work with our local enforcement agents to ensure that these commodities can be moved, and you know we don't want to see them landfilled if if they don't have to. So um, you know we'll maintain that same enforcement structure with our LEAs. Um, locally and ensure that um, the materials are safely stored. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it, it really is a delicate balance. And if any, you know, listeners are out there wondering, what exactly does the California Integrated Waste Management Board do? I mean, this is a very important function, keeping the balance between human health and public safety and uh, stabilizing the recycling market the best we can, given that, you know, it's largely out of our control in terms right. of, you know, the Asia market. So this is this is really, really important. Because I know, and I talked to Mark Leary about this last week, that, you know, I know of a couple of, of fires that have started, you know, when, when some materials sit, they start to compost, and that creates heat. And so there really can be um, a danger, and, and that's why it needs to be watched and carefully regulated, which is, you know, a big, big important function of the, of the California Integrated Waste Management Board. Right. Um, you know, in this article that I, I read in the paper about the emergency workshop this week, I saw mention of, you know, some folks asking for bailouts and what have you. I mean, that's kind of the buzzword of the day. Given the status of California's economy, everybody's economy is tough, but California's going through a tough time. I guess it would be safe to say that, that government bailouts probably aren't something we can really entertain at this point, but do you see incremental fail-safes that might be able to be instituted to help recycling businesses remain solvent? Sure. And, and you know what? You're right. The environment for a bailout, it, it, it's just out of the question here in California. But one thing we can do, um, and as consumers we have the opportunity as well to participate, um, is working with manufacturers of products to assist them in using more minimum content and looking at producer responsibility to minimize the amount of waste that's created. Um, we do have an initiative here in California, and they're also doing the same thing in Oregon, and Washington has legislation ready, and Minnesota as well, that we're aware of, um, which is called Extended Producer Responsibility. And we've been working with many industry partners on the framework that uh, allows manufacturers to look at the end-of-life management of their materials. Mm-hmm. So we don't look at, at, look at it as a cradle-to-grave approach, but more of a cradle-to-cradle, and how can we take those materials when we're finished and either take them back to the manufacturer for reuse or provide a system for those materials to go into another product. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope to work with the legislature this year to help move extended producer responsibility to the next level and adopt a framework. Um, it would create a level playing field for manufacturers. I think one of the things that the governor is known for is the economy and the environment can go hand in hand. That's and right. we're not looking at government programs that are going to drive businesses out of business. We want to put the decision-making back in a business's hands to say, how can I look at this product and make it more recyclable at the end of life 
or how can I redesign this product to be safer at its end of life so Mm -hmm. that I can take it back and reuse some parts or components. The paint industry is a perfect example. They've looked at how to minimize the amount of waste paint by better um, looking at how much paint you use when you repaint your house. And then they take it back and they recycle it and put it back into new latex paint. So those are some of the things that uh, we're hoping to work on to minimize the amount of material that we have to manage on a commodity market. Well, and, and you touched on something important in, in, in what you just said as well, and that is the consumer end of it. Um, if consumers are, are carefully managing what they purchase and what they throw away, I mean, if, if we could get a cadre of consumers to prefer uh, products that are made from recycled content paper, I mean, that, or, or recycled content materials, yep. that's the quickest way to see yep. <laughs> a turnaround in, in how businesses um, produce and, and package and market their materials. So, you know, there, there's an attitude out there on the part of some folks that's kind of like, well, if there's an environmental problem, let government fix it for me. But I think what you're advocating for is similar to what, what I've been telling folks. Look, the power is really in the hands of the people Absolutely. and the consumers. <laughs> Jill, you have very uh, smart and educated listeners, and I think that you are absolutely right, and, and you, they know the power they have, um, mm-hmm. and, you start de- and consumers start demanding the products, safer products, end of life, um, materials that are produced from safer chemicals, and the manufacturers will start changing to cater to consumer demand. Right. I mean, that's how they stay in business. And if it turns out that the power of the purse is moving the market in a new direction, then businesses will respond in kind. Now, right. before we have to go, Margo, what are you hearing from other states? Are you working with other states or the National Recycling Coalition on this issue of the recycling market? We are in communication with our partners. We're working more with Division of Recycling. We've had some initial conversations with some folks up in Oregon and Washington, and we know that other states are are feeling the crunch as well. In a mm-hmm. recent conversation I had, at least with our partners in Oregon, I know that they are they're hit as well. Um, California, Oregon, and Washington may be a little bit better off because we are closer to ports, mm-hmm. some of the interior states. Um, but we know everybody is tackling the the problem head on and wow. and committed to finding solutions. Well, that's good to hear. And, Margo, I want to thank you on behalf of all of our Go Green radio listeners out there for the part you're playing and the California Integrated Waste Management Board is playing in, in leading towards solutions that are, that are market-based, that are beneficial to our communities. And I really want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope you'll come back and, and join us again soon. Great, Jill. Thank you very much, and thank you to your listeners for being uh, strong advocates for recycling and keep up the good work. Thank you, Margo. And, folks, join us again next week, same time, same place, for more Go Green Radio. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.